Welcome, everybody. It's episode 34 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. Bo Jackson. We are back in the kitchen <laughs> for Bo Jackson. It feels Bo good knows. to be back in the kitchen. It does. It does. The past two episodes is all right on the road. Well, I'm not going to. missing the couch. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to dog your kitchen, but that couch was pretty nice last week. It was. It was. But we could try. I asked for a new table for my kitchen here for Christmas, so we'll see. I think I have recliners. <laughs> we'll see. We might. I think it's the chairs that are really comfortable. Well, we'll see. I mean, I understand. I don't necessarily think any kitchen tables are really <clears throat> super comfortable. No, but these chairs are terrible. Okay. <laughs> I don't want it. All right. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And I'm seeing no emails. Did you check the email today? <clears throat> I see we just got one. Oh, it's a strange email, though. It's not from a person, though, right? It's from my company I'm dealing with. Chris Laveris? Yeah. All right, don't worry about it. You don't need to talk to the people about that. All right. <laughs> That's season two stuff. <laughs> All right. We'll go on then. Ah, uh, hot takes. We have quite a few, but number one in my heart is Midnight Marauders and Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers turned 25 today. I've heard many people call November 9th, 1993, the last great day of classic hip-hop. But the release of these two albums on the same day. I mean, I don't know if you want me to say that. I feel like that's the old man on the lawn not wanting to recognize <laughs> that, that there are still has been some good hip-hop since 1993. Well, I know. Yeah, but I mean, like, I can understand why they say that. Those are really two big albums. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really hard to, you know, I mean, they're oh, even for, I mean, I'm impressed when we talked earlier. Um, he really likes the, that Wu album and it's great stuff, but at the same time, like, there's been good stuff since then. There has been. There, I'm not gonna. It's yeah. It's there's been big albums released and great albums, but to have two classics like this released on the same day, it's just I don't think you're ever gonna have it happen again. The way the music industry is now. It's supposed to be the whole Kanye Little Wayne albums releasing the same day, but then Kanye was Kanye, and then that went all over. I think my hot take is 36 Chambers. I think is one of the best albums of all time. That's my hot take. I don't know if it's a hot take. I mean, that's just like, a <laughs> fact. Is it fact? Because that was—I mean—that was before my time. I was introduced to Wu Tang. I mean, a few years ago. You are a really interesting. By the way, we have Preston in the kitchen. Yes, Preston Donikowski. So, um, and Preston's worn a couple hats, which is going to make this a real interesting <laughs> pod. It's, it's good. It's good stuff. So it is. Um, you really have. I mean. I think we talked about it on the pod, but I've, I've, I say this every time I talk about you, but and I'm going to talk about it one more time, but Preston's my first online friend. I've talked to you for like a year and a half before I actually ever met you in the BAC elevator. I was like, hey, <laughs> hey. You know, so, um, I remember you from Family Video back in the day. Yes. I was in there. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you were. A lot of people do remember you from that role, but um, it's kind of nuts. Like You have this weird hybrid. There's not many people like you. Matt says kind of this way, too, where you... I mean, Matt say if it was up to him, he'd probably go back and live in the 1950s. Yeah. You, know, you know, just the way he wants it, and or even the 30s, like just being in the mafia. You know, I think 
Yeah. That's kind of what he would, if he could do it, he would do that. But you have a real, like you said, you, you obviously weren't around when 36 Chambers yeah. came out, but you have such a, a passion for it. And just other things, you know, from what I can, just my interaction with you. So what do you think, Brad? What's your favorite hip hop, hip hop album of all time? That's a hard question for you. It is. But if I had a gun to my head, it'd probably be the Lowland Theory. The Lowland Theory? Yes. They call them the Island album, right? If you had to go with Live by the Island, what's the one album you would yep. take with you? Yep. Um, <clears throat> it's tough for me. It would either be a catch, and I feel like I'm kind of punking out on this because one's a double disc, so it would be Life After Death, Notorious B.I.G. I'm taking two albums with me, so I'm kind of cheating there. Or I really, for some reason, love the Black Album by Jay-Z. There's nothing wrong with it. That's a, I think there's... And then maybe it's because Jay-Z, with his own brilliance, put out that back video where you got to watch how he made that. Yeah. So each song you listen to, you get to know the story of it. And I think I have so much a bigger appreciation of that album. Could be. Maybe. I don't know. It could. Two good choices. Yeah. Preston? I think I, I'm favorite hip hop album. I think it would be Thirty Six Chambers. Kanye, do uh, the graduation album was pretty good. That's a classic for me. Kanye. I haven't listened to a lot of the new stuff. New Jay Z either because the whole title thing. I haven't heard a lot of his new stuff. Yeah, um, I listened a little bit. Allison loves Beyonce, so mm. when they came out with the his her yep. album, we listened to that a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean. I'm not a fan of trap beats. Yeah. So, like, I struggle with them. Yeah. That's not to say that there isn't some good stuff in there, you know, because there has been, and <laughs> I do so enjoy some of it. But for the most part, I'm sure people say the same thing about older hip-hop. But, I mean, I think it goes by generations. I feel like everything sounds pretty much the same nowadays. I'm sure people will go back and listen back. Yep. There's not much difference between, and there probably wasn't. State, but big thing nowadays is the whole mumble rap yeah you know i'm not i'm not a fan of that you know i'm pretty picky when it comes to hip-hop but yeah i'm an old man when it comes to <laughs> well it's tough man it really is it is it's just we know we like what we like well yeah and I, I we can get into this a little more with our top five but i'm kind of like an old man with almost everything nowadays like it just feels like TV is not really TV anymore. They really don't make a lot of entertaining shows. Um, there's some entertaining things out there that I think, you know really make it interesting. But overall, like, I mean, Friends, right? Mm -hmm. How I Met Your Mother really was it from the last – I can't even think of anything. I mean, other than, like, Grey's Anatomy has been around for a while. So, I mean, but, yeah. Right. Maybe I'll get you a cane for Christmas. <laughs> I've thought often about being an old man for Halloween, just getting the mask and just a walker and just walk around and just kind of yell at people the whole time. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I could get behind that. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a very far stretch for me. No, especially talking about sports. <laughs> Play some defense. All right, I guess we'll move on. Uh, second hot take topic is cigarette smoking has hit an all time low. Oh, I had a hot take for this. You want to know why? Let's hear it. Vaping. Yep. Yes. Down at yep. Down at school at Grand Valley, it's all it's all vapes. It's all jewels. Yeah. FDA just put a crackdown today too, banning all sort of um, the flavored canisters for jewels and stuff, and age verification online. But yeah, cigarette smoking going down. That's yeah. not surprising to me. 
And I would wonder if you were to take vaping into that calculation, if there's actually a rise. It would be interesting to see if there would be a rise, you know, because, of course, cigarette sales are down. But if vaping's gone up, I mean, let's say there's a million users or there was, but now there's, you know, 300,000 smokers, but 900,000 vapors. So it's actually gone up a little bit. That would be interesting to see. But at the same time, I think everyone pretty much knows that doing that is not very good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Smoking will eventually cause some serious problems. That's why I'm totally on board. I know you're uh, a couple podcasts ago. You had mayor Matt on the smoking ban. I'm totally for that. You know, it's interesting. Obviously I am too. I mean, right away I was like, yes. But then the conservative in me is always like, Oh, I hate when government gets in the metals into things. But yeah, you're right. I'm like, I don't know how many times we've been to concert of the park and we have our little space that we've kind of grown to. And all of a sudden it's just some person will just show up and the wind will be just right. And they're just smoking cigarettes like crazy. Like I totally, I totally support your right to do this incredibly unhealthy thing, but it's also affecting me and affecting other people. And that's, I think that's where you draw the line. I guess this, they're more obviously more concerned about the second hand and then, you know, the trash part of it, but I don't even care about the secondhand smoke, to be honest with you. I think, I think it's I, just trash. I think it's just, just trash. trash. I really, and there's just so many of them around sometimes. And I mean, we've said this a lot. I know you spend time in Alpena, so you can, you know, you're not just going to Grand mm-hmm. Valley. But uh, it just baffles us yeah. how many people don't pick up their garbage after themselves. I yep. mean, we get mad sometimes. We've been together where we will hang out afterwards, let the crowd go. and we're never in a rush to leave anywhere. Yep. So we'll just, and we'll just sit there and look and just bullshit our yep. heads and end up picking up garbage randomly yep. sometimes. It's just, it's frustrating. It is. Yeah. Cigarettes. I mean, they're just like, they're everywhere. I know um, Nemrock, I believe in town does a great cigarette recycling program where they'll come, they'll, um, you know, they'll clean up the lot or they'll give you the receptacles and they'll pick them up and they make like furniture and stuff out of them. So that's crazy. That's really cool. Yeah. When I worked at purchase, they had, two cigarette things, mm-hmm. one at each door, but people would still just yeah. dump their cigarette so, butts on the ground. Yep. Right next to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I think, and the other thing, which is interesting, and I've wanted to have this conversation, and we're not going to do it, <laughs> but I would love to talk sometimes, like universal healthcare, right? Because I, I, I love the concept of universal healthcare, but what do you do with somebody that smokes? Somebody who's knowingly going to give themselves lung cancer and is going to face all the extra costs in that. It's a great thing to talk about. It is. When you, I mean, if for those people that want to, you know, and that's not to say, I mean, Lord knows I'm overweight, so I like to eat food and you can make the same <laughs> argument. Eating Big Macs ain't much better than smoking a cigarette. And I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm on board with that. So like, it's just a fun talk. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of anniversaries, it's the 29th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. And I lived in Germany for a while, but I never, we never went to Berlin. So we never saw the wall, but we did go on a trip one time and we were on a bus in West Germany. We were on wet in West Germany. And on the other side of the road was East Germany, and we saw guards with guns walking up and down. Oh, so it was still divided when we were there. 
that would have been a, even a more of a trip, I think, to actually be there when it was divided versus now where you can just, like, it's rubble. and I mean, it's still historical, obviously. But Yeah, I think they have a line going through. Like, have you been to Germany? Replacing. I've not been to Germany. Oh, man, I, I like it. One of the few <laughs> places you haven't been. Yeah. We talk, I know if you listen to last week's pod, but we talked about you a little bit. And um, I told Brad that you have just really an interesting background because you have some great yeah. stories. And um, Tommy... Um, down from uh, Harborside, he had some interesting stories too, and brought some just some interesting things. And it, I just thought it was an interesting, it almost segued to you perfectly. Yeah. This week, I guess what I'm saying. So another cool thing about the Berlin Wall, one of the first cool pictures from space that I saw was the different um, lights separating east versus west. One side was sort of the old yellow incandescent lights, and then the entire other side was sort of the the brighter, not necessarily LEDs, but, you know, higher quality. So yeah. it was kind of cool to see the actual division like that. It's crazy to see Alpina right now yeah. where they've replaced the lights. Mm-hmm. And I know it's that's been another debate that we've talked about since we have so many dark sky preserves around mm-hmm. our area. But we're about altering those since we have the classification and losing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's good stuff. I get the energy totally on board with any, like, energy conservation. But there's also something, you know nice about that old yellowish glow walking down second avenue it's weird right i mean and it's not to say you couldn't add the yellowish yeah. glow i definitely think you could buy it maybe less bright but i mean when you make the argument that it's saving you money yeah. and energy which yep. is saving taxpayer dollars which we want right yeah. that's what we're we complain about that all the time like frivolous spending yeah. here they are trying to save and then of course it's safer because it's brighter yep. so it's not as dark so i mean these are all the positives and then all of a sudden to sit there and say, well, you can't take pictures of stars. Yeah. It kind of feels like, well, I mean, but yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact about the Berlin Wall, there's a casino in Vegas. In one, one of the men's bathrooms, they have a piece of the Berlin Wall there. I like it. So you can pee while looking at the Berlin Wall. I always want to pee at the wall. I know Grand Valley has a big chunk. Really? And then there's a teacher at the high school that has a piece, too, from when he was... I think Allison has a piece of the Berlin Wall in her house somewhere. Crazily, you know, like I said, Allison's been in Germany a handful of yeah. times, so um, it doesn't surprise me. Although the foot tucked away in her <laughs> cedar chest thing that she's got. So, <clears throat> all right. I guess last hot take topic. There's a couple of sports injuries past couple of days. First, you have Steph Curry with a abductor strain. Abductor. He he pulled his groin. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And that actually the MRI's back and Steve Kerr being ever cryptic, but he made it sound like don't even be surprised if you don't see Steph Curry next week. So yeah, it's, it's, but it's a great, interesting thing. What we, my hot take was, I was going to ask you both, what is the Steph Curry less, let's say he's gone for the season. Do the Warriors still win the NBA championship? I think so. Yeah. I think they still compete. I don't know if, I mean, Clay went off earlier this year. I mean, just insane numbers. And I mean, they still have Boogie. Yeah, Boogie's going to yep. be coming. I I still think they win without him. It's crazily enough to sit there thinking <laughs> because are going to take one of the most valuable players in the NBA, take him off the team, and yeah, we'll, yeah, be, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. If Carmelo wasn't on the Rockets, I would say no. Yeah. <laughs> I would say if you, if you take Curry off and you take Melo off the Rockets, I would say no. Houston would win that. As long as Melo's on the Rockets, they're not going to win. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. All right. And another injury, Des Bryant just signed by the Saints two days ago. Apparently tore his Achilles on the last 
play a practice today. So, yeah. Jerry Jones lit up a big <laughs> stogie. <laughs> just like, just puffing away, leaning back in his chair right now. Should have signed with the Ravens. Yeah. When a they long gave time the chance. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. When he was in training camp yep. shape. And, yep. Yeah. Um, you don't ever want to see anyone hurt. No. Because I know what that injury is like. You don't want to go through that. No. So Michael Crabtree came back. Typically, it's a year long. That's sort of like the standard. Crabtree came back in six months. So I don't know if Dez is – because, I mean, a year, that's – I mean, again, at this point next season, he's missed half a year. But if he can come back in six months, that's a full year of training camp. But he's up there in age, so I don't know. I think the he can come back as soon as he wants, but it's yeah. going to take at least a year to recover. Yeah, from it. yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there are different skill sets, right? I don't know, but I would think that um, Crabtree is bigger than Des Bryant. I'm assuming. Yeah, I'd have to see. I mean, Des is pretty. I mean, Des is pretty huge. He's. I think Des is like six one. Actually, I was reading Crabtree's only like five eleven. Oh, I thought Michael Crabtree is like six three. So, but anyways, I just feel like they do a little bit more. of I think Dez is just more dynamic than Crabtree was. Crabtree bodied you up a little bit more. So I think, you know, I, I, I feel like the injury doesn't affect him as much as what I'm trying to say, Crabtree. But, you know, whatever. Dez is 6'2", 220. Okay. Uh, where's Crabtree at here? Uh, Crabtree is 6'1". Oh, wow. So, so it's actually yeah. smaller. Interesting. No? You never know. It'll be a fun to follow. Unless... So Le'Veon Bell, did you read it? I was going to bring this up. I read something today that there's a like a loophole that he might not have to play this season and he would still retain his free agent status for next season. Hmm. And it has to come, when it comes down to it, is the Steelers can almost like wave him type of thing yeah. and say, you know, we don't even want you. Just take this last little bit of money and then be gone and since Connor's not doing mm-hmm. bad. What do you think? Do you want to see Levy and Bell play for the Steelers this year? No. I think they're good with James Conner. Yeah, Conner has more touchdowns now than Bell did at this point last year. And Yards set, all, set a couple of Steelers records. And I didn't see what he did last night, but they said he was the first person with four games of 100 rushing yards, 50 receiving yards, and a touchdown or something. It's been worst-case scenario for Levy and Bell. Yep. It really has. <laughs> Um, and his only hope now is to get pick up on a team, and I don't know where he goes. Because ideally, you probably want to go somewhere like the Saints, but Kamara and Ingram. I mean, Seattle. Yeah, the only place I could think that he would have a remote chance maybe would be either Chicago or like Green Bay, and one of those places. Because Green Bay, while they have younger running backs, but he could instantly plug in. Yeah, you could then you know. Um, any of those places where they're could win the division, he could be the difference maker for the division. Yeah, with the Lions luck, he'll end up in the NFC North. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, well, season just proves keeping it. When keeping it real goes wrong, with Earl Thomas breaking his leg and then Le'Veon Bell. That's right. Yeah, but you could argue that's why they're doing it. Is because football, you can get hurt so bad, and there is such little guaranteed money there that any chance, any chance you can get the money, you have to fight for it. I mean, imagine if Bo Jackson was playing on a contract year, and then his injury happened. I mean, the tens of millions today that he would have been missing out on. 
Poor bow. All right. <laughs> hip. Doesn't mean. Would you, let me say something about pretzels here. If we started right there with that cupboard, so right where your beer sign is, and went all the way to this cover where this clock is, can we start putting pictures up? Random pictures? <laughs> Bo Jackson might, might make the cut. Oh, of course he would. It'd just be a fat of Bo Jackson yeah. right there if I wanted. Yeah. Okay. I'd just be interesting to see if we were to kind of like decorate some of the things and some of the things that would make it in here. I mean, not saying that. I mean, the calendar probably would say. Well, yeah. Yeah. So we might have to get another one since it's almost done. But yeah. It just would be interesting to what you would bring in. If you want, you could sit there. We could put press number. We could put you in this side, put me in this side. I don't need the whole big area, just a little small. What would be the first thing you put up? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. <laughs> Man, I know what I have to think. Bruce Lee probably would be the first thing I'd put up. Yeah, just because that kind of thing fits. That's the first thing I put up was a clock. So. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. So, are we good with hot takes? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we did well, enough. Right? Yeah, we've rambled with that. But there was a lot going on. We talked about the election. Yeah. And that was like probably the biggest hot take of all. But we're going to, I think we'll work our way around there somehow today. Um, yeah, we'll come back and we'll meet Preston. And I have no idea how this is going to go. Because there's a lot to unpack with Preston. <laughs> you know, we said that it was a couple guests and it went pretty well. Well, yeah. I should, probably should have done what, with Preston what I did with them. But Preston gets home so rare that I would, I feel like I want to cover a lot. Could be a long pot. Could be. All right. <laughs> Great. Preston, my friend, um, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, um, where you grew up, um, your journey. I'm sure most people probably know you from a particular role, yeah. especially those the ones that are listening that are in the Alpena area. Yeah. So, yep. So um, born and raised in Alpena, uh, graduated from Alpena High in 2012. Um, from there, did a year at ACC, just sort of adjust to the college sort of style. And I mean, you know, a lot of people sort of dismiss ACC offhandedly, but I mean, that was, that was, place was huge for me just mm-hmm. sort of get that adjustment. But, um, yeah, year at ACC, I went to Grand Valley state. Um, I know Brad loves it. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> um, went to Grand Valley state, graduated 2016 degree in broadcast journalism. And then that sort of led to the most popular role of my life. I guess you could say <clears throat> at the WBKB. So I was there for a while. Um, that was an experience, but um, sort of like the the traveling I did before WBKB sort of gave me an inkling that you know journalism probably wasn't going to be my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so after about eight or nine months, I was back in school, and now I'm back at Grand Valley again for um, the, it's called the Graduate Teacher Certification Program. Um, so it's a one year fast track teaching program people with teachable majors so you know the sciences or history or social studies um so i get uh next year i do all my student teaching and then i get half of my master's credits as sort of a trade-off for going through it so quick and then um i'd love to come back to opina you know i think um especially for people my age at least growing up especially in high school your instinct is gotta leave opina Mm -hmm. like that's as a high schooler at least you know when i was there probably the same now your instinct is leaving Alpino will solve all my problems. Mm-hmm. 
And then you go away and you realize, yo, this is an awesome place. <laughs> I mean, just the the outdoors alone, you know, all the water access, the summers are awesome. Um, and you sort of realize that, you know, it keeps you coming back. And I think nowadays, at least from people I know, at least 90% come back to Opina regularly. It's interesting. I think it's something that you can't understand unless you leave. Yep. So for those people that don't leave, they probably never will, they'll say that Alpina is boring or all the things. And yep. some people, I even have friends the other day. I'll tell you, I'm not going to tell you his name, but um, he's a friend of mine. They're two decent friends. One's Aaron's friend. He's a buddy of Aaron, uh, my brother. And the one friend said he was coming up here to go hunting. I want to know what was going on. The last weekend of October, right? So it was the last weekend of October. It was Halloween weekend, mm-hmm. and he was coming up hunting. And the first thing that this one person said is, there's nothing, Alpine. It sucks. And I sat there, and I was like, do I or don't I? Because, like, normally when I see that, I tend to sometimes go in there and try to try to be the ninja. I'll drop a couple blows, and I'll pop back out. But I was like, this one, like, no, I'm, I'm really going to list Everything that's going on in Alpena this weekend. Because it's Halloween weekend, right? Oh, yeah. So there was a poop ton of stuff going on that weekend. And I was like, just let it go. Just It's not even worth getting into it. But, again, like, if maybe if you didn't grow up liking the outdoors, mm-hmm. and there are the people that don't like yeah. outdoors, right? Then I can understand. If you like yeah. urban dwellings and, you know, honking of horns and all that yeah. stuff. Because there are people that like that. You yeah. know? They, yep. they feed off the energy of a bigger city. Yep. So I, I get that, but I think those people are rare. Yeah. And I mean, even for me, I think I judge sort of the city's, you know, quote unquote coolness level based on the, on the food, like mm-hmm. on the food scene and, you know, going back, I mean, eight or nine years ago, at least from what I remember, I mean, it was mostly, you know, burgers, pizza. That's what people in Opina were eating. And then, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but I think, you know, back then, at least off the top of my head, Courtyard was sort of the only sort of place that was doing food differently and doing food well. But now you look and, you know, the Peterson brothers and, you know, what Greg's doing at Hungry Hippie and, you know, As You Wish and all these places, you know, the food scene is, is you know, becoming something special in Alpena. And I think, you know, for me and a lot of people my age, just being able to go somewhere and try something, you know, different or try something fresh like that's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts about Grand Rapids is just, you know, there's so many places to eat. There's so many chefs doing awesome things with, you know, local ingredients. And, uh, you know, that's that's elevating Alpena in my mind. You, one could argue that you probably live in Michigan's coolest city. Yeah. I, I, you you I could think, make yeah. that argument. I mean, it probably could not have that or Detroit. Yeah. Depending on how you want it up, yep. really, in that you're picking at things. Yeah. You know, yeah. So... I mean, I think what Detroit has in professional sports teams, Grand Rapids makes up for, like, cool culture things. Yeah. You know, so, like, I can see the trade-off there. But it's really interesting to hear you talk about Alpena so coolly when you live in such a cool yeah. city. I mean, I know people that live out west that want to come back to Grand Rapids yep. and all that fun stuff. So that's cool. So what was your moment, maybe, lack of a better term, that where you're like, I don't want to broadcast anymore? Like. Did you just decide like eh, this just wasn't my thing or so I in May 2014 so I traveled a lot yeah. so I've done I've done 43 states 
so far. All of those I did before I was 13. <laughs> and that's just a side effect of, you know, parents own a construction business. So we're always traveling, you know, job in California. We're driving out there, you know, mm-hmm. three day road trip and just going to places and meeting people that, you know, I probably would never visit Kansas or Iowa willingly. Right. So being able to just, you know, drive through and eat at local places and just sort of meet and see different people um, was huge. But May 2014 was sort of the big leap. And that's when I got on a plane, uh, flew 14 hours and landed in East Africa, uh, Tanzania. Um, I was there for a month um, on the island of Zanzibar, which is on the East Coast, a tiny little island. And um, I did teaching there. And um, the thing, like the moment I knew, because at that point I still had, you know, a year and a half of school to go. Um, But even at that point, this moment, um, we were at the government run school and it's, you know, essentially long uh, brick barns, you know, corrugated metal roof, open air walls, things like that. And um, I'm walking through the school with the headmaster and I'm looking in classrooms and there's kids, second grade equivalent students, you know, all dressed up in their uniforms, sitting at their desk with their papers and their pencils, and there's no teacher. So I asked the headmaster, you know, when do, you know, the teacher sort of arrive? Because it's the afternoon, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if they're at lunch or something. And uh, he turns to me and said, um, this class shows up every day, but we don't have a teacher for them. And they've been doing that for months. They just, the kids show up every day and, you know, and they want to learn, but they don't have a teacher for them. So they're just sort of sitting and hoping. And that was the moment I was like, you know, the sort of, you know, in high school, you know, it's kind of cool to, you know, not participate with your teachers and things like that. But that was the moment I was like, I've been undervaluing teachers my entire life. You know, it's something we take for granted, like, oh, I have to go to school. But there it's, you know, it's, yeah, I get to go to school. It's one of the things I think is so severely underrated in our society. And by society, I mean the United States, is our public education system. As flawed as it is, and as much as we can pull it all apart and talk about all the fact that we decided many years ago that we are going to provide a free education, a good free education, or at least we're going to try, to anybody that wants it. Mm It's nuts because so much of the world doesn't have that opportunity. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's just really, truly a testament to some, one of our things that I think makes America great. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to look up the information, but the way that the schools in Tanzania are set up is that, um, so in grades one to seven, the kids are taught in Swahili, which if you watch Lion King, um, you know, Pumbaa, Simba's lion, you know, mm-hmm. Jambos, hello, things like that. So in grades one through seven, they're taught in Swahili. But the second they get to secondary school, so grades eight to 12, it switches to English. So you're teaching kids who have no experience in English in English. So it's a system that's set up, designed for them to fail so that they stay in country and that they, you know, join the sort of unskilled labor force. So, you know, education is so key. And, um, I ended up going back again in May 2016, uh, working at a private school there for an- another month. And um, we were able to do some really cool things. We did a, um, it's called the School Enterprise Challenge. It was a worldwide um, sort of uh, program. And really the kids, along with the teacher's help, you know, second, third graders um, would think of a business idea that would help fund the school a little bit. And these kids, I mean, I have pictures on my phone. We can, you know, share them if we want to, but 
um, they decided, all right, we're going to sell jams on the corner in the village. And the kids just seeing them so involved in a hands-on project. I mean, it's, and again, that was the month before I was hired at WBKB, May 2016. <laughs> and I was like, what am I, what am I doing? You know, I have to do the broadcasting thing. I've accepted the job, but you just realize that there's, there's so much more out there. Yeah. And, you know, traveling has, has just broadened my horizons and I encourage everyone I meet to travel. And, um, you know, I've been, my first international trip was 2007 to Mexico. Uh, my family has been going to the same spot in Mexico for 30 years. I've gone the past 12. Um, and it's on the West coast. It's not a super touristy spot. It's not a Cancun. It's not a Cozumel. So you get to experience the real culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the first things I do when I travel anywhere, and this is from watching my hero and idol Anthony Bourdain is, you know, find a local place, you know, eat where the locals eat. That's the key. You're more likely to get sick eating the eggs Benedict at the hotel uh, buffet than eating, you know, the tostados with the locals and things like that. So just, you know, sitting with people and meeting them and, and learning about their life is, is so invaluable. And I think that's, that's my favorite part about traveling. <clears throat> You, I don't have many friends like you, but you're one of my friend, few friends that have a real un-American centric view. You know, you appreciate the beauty of America and its flaws at the same time. Um, I know you spent some time in London. Yep. I was in London for four and a half months. I think I lived there and you know, I was with a host family. Um, and by host family, it was an elderly old lady, and I lived in her attic, which was smaller than this kitchen with a slanted ceiling. But, um, you know, and that just, you know, the everyday life in, you know, in London, and I'm sure it was the same in Germany, just, you know, like public transportation, that amazing. Like, I would love getting on a nice, clean bus and or just, you know, walking around. That's something we don't have here. And um, just seeing other people's perspective on America. You know, I don't. I haven't met anyone in my travels that's hated me because I'm American. Yeah, they're more inquisitive than anything. Yeah. You know, they want to know: Are you all like this? Yeah. You know, is this view common, or is, is this you know attitude common? Um, so just being able to you know sit and talk with people about my experiences and more importantly their experiences, I think helps me be a, a better, more well-rounded citizen. I remember. A couple of talked to some exchange students and people from mm -hmm. other countries. And one of the thing I always find interesting is since New York City has been the backdrop for majority of movies, yeah, so many people think <laughs> New York City is yep. America, right? So like they think it's Times Square. Yep. They don't think of Alpena, you yep. know, or you know, or the Upper Peninsula. Yep. Let's just use something a little more drastic. Um, it's just kind of crazy when you really think about how. Um, you know, different parts of the world. I remember one of the hot takes I almost put out there on my event was um, China has an automatic news service now. Yeah, the AI, and, yeah. Yeah, and they're a robot. And I found that really interesting because primarily is I, China does a really good job, and I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just saying right. they do a really good job of controlling information that their people get. So, of course, they're going to run a news cycle that <laughs> promotes – that this yep. propaganda for whatever yep. is good for their country. Um, and it's just, uh, it just fascinates me sometimes to think of like all the different things in the world where, you know, I don't know if China has what it'd be interesting what view they have of America. Yeah. Just because they don't have the opportunity to really research so much yep. of their stuff's blocked. 
just yep. how it works. I mean, taking that one step further, you know, a country with total media blackout like North Korea, I mm-hmm. mean, just, you know, I mean, we won't know at this point. But um, and then going back to your point of New York being the backdrop, when I was in London and trying to explain to people where I'm from, it's like, I'm from Michigan. <laughs> like, where, where's where's Michigan? You sort of, you bring up the hand map and you're like, I'm from here and they still don't get it. And I was like, Detroit. And they're like, oh, all right, you're from Detroit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm from Detroit, I guess. It's just easier than yeah. explaining. But um, that's not to the world, though. If you're anywhere in the yeah. United States and you try yeah, to say, no. I'm from Alpena, I, I have found two things that do well. I either tell people I'm from Detroit or Mackinac yep. Island. Yep. Like, oh, oh, the yeah. Mackinac Bridge. Yes. And I'm like, I am 30, I just, I'm about an hour and a half away from the Mackinac Bridge. Okay. All right. Yep. They have no idea what the geography or the culture is like almost opposite yep. of Detroit, but you know, just, there's only a few things in Michigan that really ring with people or resonate nationally. And that's one of them. I'm surprised, you know, people don't really recognize, like when you hold your hand up, they don't recognize that as a map instantly. I thought <laughs> I figured that would sort of be like a common thing. Like everyone knows Michigan's a, a mitten, right? Yeah. But that sort of shocked me. I mean, abroad, I get it, but even like in the U.S., you you hold out your hand. They're like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah, like, so. yeah. Don't you get? And I, I guess um, a friend of the pod, Al Forsythe, one of Allison's brothers' um, friends. He's a teacher. He teaches. He lives in Virginia now, and he just thinks Michiganders are obnoxious <laughs> um, because we are so proud of our state. He says, "I." He goes. His favorite joke is, "How do you know if somebody's from Michigan?" And then it's, wait five minutes, they'll tell you. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, what's there not to love? You're never more than I guess you're never more than six miles from a body of water in Michigan. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's yeah. you have places like Detroit or Grand Rapids, or you can go to Houghton Lake if you love, or not Houghton Lake, um, you know, Houghton up north. I mean, and experience the outdoors. It's the dichotomy here is awesome. Yeah, it's crazy to think, like you said. You could have Pitcher Rocks or Thunderbird Rain Sanctuary, and then you drive four hours, which isn't very far, really. Mm-hmm. And now you're in Detroit, which is, you could say, it was the home of the auto mm-hmm. industry for a short period of time. Like, all the United States funneled at one point yep. through Detroit. And then, of course, Grand Rapids has kind of really come to its own mm-hmm. lately. And, uh, yeah, awesome. So... You climbed a mountain in Africa, right? Yeah, Kilimanjaro. It was, all right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's what was. We talked about that last week, and I wanted to make sure I brought that up for anyone that was listening to that. And um, Tommy wanted to do, do a mountain in Africa. I think it's the lowest, it's the easiest mountain of the seven peaks in the world to climb. I think that's what you were saying. Yeah, so Kilimanjaro is the tallest freestanding mountain in the world. So it's just under 20,000 feet. But there's there's four or five different trails. So we did the... Um, there's basically five and a half days up, day and a half down. So, I mean, you could theoretically climb it in two days, like straight up. You could do it in two days. We sort of wound, um, and you go through, there's, you go through four ecological zones. So you start off at, you know, essentially rainforest. Uh, then you get to, you know, sort of a tundra. Then the third level is this, this Martian landscape where it's just, you know, rocks, like rocks as far as you can see. And then once you get to the top, then you're at the glacier. Um, so yeah, it was a week in the uh, a week on the mountain. Um, the third day was when we were passing through the clouds, and um, you know we're hiking twelve hours a day, and it rained for twelve hours, and you're just you're soaked. You're but I mean, once you break through the clouds, it's it's a view that you you can't explain. It's just it's nothing but clouds around you. You're you know on top of the world. Um, and they actually played um, 
they played a full uh, soccer match on the side of that mountain too. Um, yeah, that was just in the news. That was last year, I believe. They played a full, I think it was eighteen thousand feet. They played the soccer match, and when you're that high, we base camped um, at the equivalent of Mount Everest base camp too. I think it was like sixteen, seventeen thousand feet was sort of the base camp for Summit Day, and you roll over in bed at night and you're out of breath. And it, t- it took me, you know, two or three minutes to get my breath back. The air is just that thin. Like, it was it was amazing. And I want to go back and do it again, um, definitely. But, yeah, that was fun. I think I need to be in better shape. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, we've t- covered Mexico. I know we've covered Africa. We've covered London. Um, anywhere else? Um, let's see. Those are the big ones. I went to Canada once. Canada's not. I went to Canada for a uh, Women's World Cup game. Oh, that, yeah. was, that was my experience in Canada. I went to Winnipeg. Uh, went there for a day. I was like, all right, got enough of this. Came Didn't you, that's where you got your famous Alex Market picture, right? Nope. So that, oh, both okay. of those times were in Detroit. Okay. I came to Detroit. Um, yeah, that was fun hanging out with them. So the, the tickets we got for those games, so the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, Alex Morgan, you know, Hope Solo, Abby Wambach, um, the tickets we got were sort of like a, a VIP package, and there's like six or seven of us. Um so you get there early, you get an entire private tour of Ford Field. You go through the locker rooms, you go up in the press box, you go on the field and hang out. Um, and then the players come in, you sort of greet them as they come in. You go on the field with warm-ups for them. Um, you sit field level just behind the barriers for the game. Then after the game, you go hang out with them around the locker room area. So, you know, hanging out with Alex Morgan, and that was awesome. Um, but, yeah, other than those, uh, I had a night in Dubai – for like, I had a 16 hour layover in Dubai. Um, so that's, I, I don't think that really counts. Layovers <laughs> in Amsterdam, Amsterdam airport, the worst airport in the world. I think <laughs> miserable because they do the security at, at your flying, like at the gate you fly out of. So once you go through security, you're, 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 you're yeah. herded in corral. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, 43 States, I think six countries so far. So favorite state. Um, besides Michigan, besides, yeah, besides Michigan, uh, I'm a sucker for New York City. I really, really like New York City. Um, that's just my style. You know, I love the speed they walk there. That's my biggest thing. You're, I mean, I relate to that. We've gone to New York enough that I know what you mean. Um, what's funny is I've known Alice in a long time, and we up and pre prior to our New York City trip, if the stop light walk sign said "Don't cross." I, yep. we wouldn't cross sit, yep. we would sit there and wait and then we went and visited New York and now Allison does not care she just yep. goes she's just like no cars we're going don't even worry about it and I mean I guess it's just but it's just how it is there I mean yep. like people were literally pushing you like yep. I would stand there waiting and they were like come on yeah. we're going because like there's no cars coming so yeah um, we went there um, I took a buddy we went so we did a 48 hour east coast trip we drove out to Boston uh, hung out there all day, went to a Red Sox game, drove to New York City the next morning, hung out, did a Yankees game, slapped Joe back. And um, he hates big cities. I took I took my one of my best friends, he's a sheriff in town actually, hates big cities. So, of course, I book our hotel in Times Square. Just throw him yes. headfirst in there. Yeah. And he hated everything about New York City. The oh. smell, the, you know... He liked the food. He liked the food. But just the whole, like, getting ripped off by Ubers, things like that, yeah. he just despised it. Boston's much more laid back. I always call that a 
a big little city yeah as far as the vibe um big fan of like austin texas too that's probably my top three new york boston austin um, i've really wanted to visit austin because i've heard a lot of cool things about it mm-hmm. um and then boston's on our list to visit boston and then we've talked about flying into boston and then either going north or south you know, going up to New England and kind of mm-hmm. doing that trip, or you know, to do Boston, New York, Philly, Washington DC, yeah. and come home. Because all that you could, in theory, do on a train. Yep. You don't even have yep, to do train. Yeah. yeah, you don't even have to necessarily drive out there. You could just fly in, train down, and then fly right out. So. Yeah, Boston's a super, super cool city. Just the vibe, at least you know, as a casual observer, the vibes. To- I mean, totally different for me. It seemed really laid back. Um, but yeah, Austin's super cool too. Very hipstery as far as like the food scene, things yeah. like that. But um, yeah. I think anything's laid back to New York though. Yeah, true. So that's part true, of the problem, true. I think. I know Brad last week, Brad, Brad wants to go visit New York City. And I think that I was telling him that he knows this, but it's super doable. Like, yep. like you did it on a 48 hour. Yeah. I mean, you could do it. Him and I could do it on a three day trip. Yeah. Just, you know, you leave like if we announced it in our honeymoon, I got out of work at five. We left at five, drove through the night, you know, we went through Niagara Falls in the evening and, you know, all of a sudden we, we were in New York in the morning. Yeah. And then we just kind of putzed around the city during the day while we waited for our hotel room to open up. Yep. And by the time at three o'clock that thing opened, we crashed, you know, because yep. we were up all night and walked around New York City all day. And then I think we woke up at like 9 p.m. And of course, that's like 12 o'clock yeah. at Times Square. <laughs> so you're in Times Square at nine o'clock and it's just roaring, yeah. you know. And then did that for a couple hours, and then. But I've never stayed in Times Square. I definitely think that'd be a cool thing to do. And yeah, it's pretty neat. So when I I've been to New York quite a few times, I sort of adjust my clock like six hours ahead. So um, we walk from Times Square um, down to the Battery. Yeah, he wanted to go on like the the boat to the Statue of Liberty. I was like, yeah. it's a rip off. Just look at it from here. <laughs> um, so we did that. Uh, Ubered back to Times Square. And then um, sort of went to lunch and things like that. And then we went to Times Square. We did everything super late. So after the Yankee game. So Times Square, like 11 o'clock at night. I mean, everything's closed. But it's walking around New York City at that late. It's busy, but it's nothing. It's actually more tolerable. You're yeah. Right. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. And then we did. So tip if you ever go to New York City, Brad. Uh, the Empire State Building is open until 2 a.m. So go up. We went up there after midnight, and there was no one. The last elevator up is at 1 a.m. So you can buy your ticket ahead of time. It's good the whole day. Go up there super late at night and get an awesome night view of the city with no one around you. No. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that statue of liberty thing. Unfortunately, you have to do it. Yeah, I I I did it. Yeah. But it's like. We're only here for a couple hours. My only. Bad experience in New York City has been at the Statue of Liberty, and there was, uh, and it's not my fault. It's an American thing, right? Yep. So, and I'm I was aware of that, and that's the only thing that saved me from throwing this, not <laughs> not really making an ass on myself. But you know, you're packed into those turnstile areas yep. or those rope off areas because it's like Cedar Point where there's these huge long lines. But the only difference between Cedar Point and New York City is. Cedar Point's all Americans. So Americans, we respect the three-foot bubble when we're talking to each other. But New York City is people from all over the world. And we had, and there were people from India all around me. And 
they are used to being on top of each other. Oh, yeah. And this lady kept hitting me with her stroller <laughs> in the back of my heels. Like, and like the minute, like we would move one inch, boom, she took that stroller and we would hit. And I told that, I was like, I'm about to take this stroller and throw it into the lake. <laughs> I was just so mad. But at the same time, it's like, it's normal for her. Right. Yeah. And like, for me, this is like, Oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? But this is just how it is for them over there. They're just used to, especially if you look at Indiana trains, Yeah, I mean, a must YouTube video of your life. It's, you haven't ever looked at a train in YouTube in, on in India. It's crazy. Like, have you ever done it? I've seen it. Before. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. So like, I can't mad at her. I mean, I did. But yeah, once we got through that, I was just like, "Wusa." Yeah. Just kind of hoping it would have been a Korean talking to you in Korean, waiting for you to respond. That's my one gripe about Ann Arbor, right? So that's what I, I'm not looking forward to that to next week. So. Like when I've spent some time in Ann Arbor selling shoes and whatever, um, Asians always come up to me very excited and want to just start talking Korean. And I'm like, next guy, buddy. Like, <laughs> I just can't help you here. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll make a sign that says I don't want to speak English or something. Well, I get it. You know, I mean, <laughs> I do. And, but, and that's what we said last week. I just told Allison this too because I played the pod when I got home. I was like, I, I, I want you something to listen to. All of a sudden, I have this urging to go to Korea. I've never had it in my whole life, but just recently, I've had an urging to just kind of go there and check the whole place out. And um, I don't know; it's kind of weird. Yeah, Southeast Asia is. That, I mean, I, Vietnam is. That's my sort of ultimate travel goal. And that's another thing Anthony Bourdain turned me on to is just a big bowl of like spicy noodles. Yeah, like that's that's my love in life now. <laughs> it's just it's just delicious noodles. The Grand Rapids, you know, Vietnamese places all the time, but. Um, well, street food, street food, my, that's that when I travel, that's my thing is our, street food. Our neighbors here, um, Don and Ann, we were going to open a food truck of just dumplings and noodles. Oh them. man. Yes. Like, and then I, and people, <laughs> I, when I say this to people, I mean, you know, so you know, but when I say this to the average person, I'm thinking, they're like, hey, all right. But if you've but actually, you had, don't understand <laughs> yeah. a really good noodle and dumpling place, you'd be like, yes. Like, why don't we have that in town? Like, yeah. yeah, you don't understand the, the magic of pho. I mean, like, oh, like, my God, uh, rice noodles. And, all day. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that black party. You guys can do that. Oh, my, that's not a bad idea. All right, well, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back, and then we have a great top five, like a super good top five. So, But I think we want to take a break, and we'll kind of gather ourselves, and we'll set the direction. Awesome. So the thing with the Shakespeare, I'm not a big Shakespeare guy or whatever, but what I liked about it, and you can talk about this because obviously you want, is it was something that our community doesn't have. Mm -hmm. And while it was still at Scoops, and Lord knows we've gone at Scoops a hundred times, <laughs> and it's still at the Fresh Palette, and Lord knows we've been there a hundred times, it was different. It had a whole different vibe. Mm -hmm. And... Whether I don't, one part I'm trying to figure out whether I like it or not was, was a whole different set of people. Yeah. Right. So I think there's a set of, for the unfortunate thing, the one thing I've noticed about Alpine is there's a huge group of people that love the theater and go to the theater and support the theater. And while I'm definitely late to the party, I'm so not bad, like I'm the first one to discover the theater. But to have those people there, you can tell they've always been mm -hmm. going to the theater and you're just like, 
I've never seen you at a wild game dinner. Yeah. You know, I, you know yeah. I'm just, just yeah. using it as an example or something else that we've gone to. Cause you know, we're like at the Bay Athletic Club, you know, some people cross over, obviously, but it was definitely a different set of people. And that was kind of cool to be able to just interact with some different mm-hmm. people. What do you think? I liked it. It was nice to get it out in the public, even if it's mostly people that go to the theater already to see it, but just showcase the actors and, all this other stuff. I was more impressed that they can remember these lines. <laughs> and this will go to Romeo and Juliet. That's a lot of crap to remember and old English to remember. It's just, I would be confused. Well, I think you could rap right now, right? No, I couldn't. <laughs> no, I meant like if I gave you, let's say, Juicy by Biggie Smalls, right? You could start rapping. Oh, yeah. And then if I gave you like Tupac California Love, you could do that right now, couldn't you? Well, yes, but I've heard that hundreds and hundreds of times. <laughs> well, I mean, but let me just say, practice makes perfect. I mean, these, they are professionals. So, I, mean. I know that, but just to do it, I'm sure they've been practicing, but not as much as you I, think. It is impressive, nonetheless. I loved it. And, um, I mean, I think you saw, like, I videoed it because, mm, and yeah. I, I felt creepy videoing it. <laughs> I was really undecided. I, in fact, I, before I actually did, I asked Jeff, I was like, did you want me to video these or not? He's like, oh, no, that'd be really cool. Yeah. We really don't have anyone doing it. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have anyone doing it? But I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And it's amazing. I just had somebody message me. They wanted that the video to send over to California. Yeah. And I was just like, it's kind of cool. That type of thing where it's in Alpena, we want to send it out mm-hmm. outside of Alpena. That's, that kind of thing is cool. So um, what I wanted to talk to you about was, as people heard, you want to come kind of back to Alpena mm-hmm. and teach. Um, and I just thought maybe some of the reasons why you want to do that. I think um, you're a very bright kid and um, talented too. I, I don't, I love your Letterman and Lean you used to have on <laughs> WBTV. Um, still do it in Grand I still do TV in Grand Rapids. That's what I meant to, yes, yeah. I meant to talk to you about that. Let's go talk about that really quick. So are you doing like a student TV network? Is that what it is? Or? So we used to have a student TV network, but what Grand Valley did now, the School of Journalism partnered with the PBS station in Grand Rapids, so WGVU. And we do a weekly news show with the, it's the 484 class. So it's like the, the top broadcasting class you, you have to take. And it's a weekly news show that's broadcast throughout West Michigan. So you have students. Um, so there's 207 TV markets in the U.S. ranked largest to smallest. Uh, new York's number one. Alpena is 206. So we're not last, we're second to last, or second smallest, yeah. I should say. Uh, Grand Rapids is 41st. So you have students that are ridiculously talented broadcasting to a huge audience on PBS. And that's something that other schools don't have. You know, Michigan State and Central, their news broadcasts on their college cable network. We broadcast on all the major cable, like Xfinity, Com, you know, Comcast, all this stuff we broadcast on. Um, so I sort of serve as, I guess, like the the veteran sort of thing. I work with the anchors a lot. Right, so you're the Ron Burgundy yeah. of the crew. <laughs> yeah. I so it. I just, I work with the anchors a lot um, <laughs> and just sort of, yeah, just sort of help them out. Um, but it's fun. It's coming up. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fun to still, to still kind of have like a foot in in the broadcasting world's fun. And I mean, it's a totally, you know, going to a station that advanced and shiny compared to, um, I mean, I appreciate how beautiful yeah, it is. And yeah. I, I know you have to do it too. And, um, 
you know, we've had Beer Meister on and we've actually, I've actually kind of made this pretty cool relationship with Michael. I mean, uh, besides he's from Wisconsin or whatever, which <laughs> everybody's got their faults. Plus we're in Grand Valley Caleb, so. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I don't know if Preston knows this about you. Maybe some of the listeners don't, but your sister went to Grand Valley. She did. So, I mean, you have some Grand Valley roots in the family. Yes. I do. <laughs> I don't like it. But it is what it is. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, long story short, you enjoy coming back to Alpena? Yeah. And um, I guess I just, what are some of the processes or decisions you made that kind of influenced you on that? So I think if you were to ask me, you know, going back to this eight or nine years ago, where do you want to end up? I would not have said Alpena. I would have loved to come back to Alpena occasionally, but I wouldn't have said I want to live in Alpena. Um, And just sort of over the years, seeing the direction the city's taken you know, going back to the food scene, you know, the Petersons, the, you know, Greg, uh, the folks at Unlucky Cat, which is, you know, my favorite new place. Um, just seeing the direction that the city's going and, you know, Ann Gentry at the DDA, I think, um, you know, getting sort of that, the younger generation sort of leading the charge. Um, and I know, you know, being a teacher, at least for now, you know, with the big summer months off, I know that I'm going to eventually own some sort of business in Alpena. Like, I know that that's something I want to do. Um, I have the rooftop bar idea patented. I know you guys were talking about that a couple weeks ago with Mayor Matt. Well, that's okay. You can do it and take it. <laughs> we'll just support it. I mean, there we're all yeah. about that. Yeah. In fact, we're a long ways away from ever coming up with enough capital to ever get the money back. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the problem is, is there really isn't a place in town for it. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to, yeah, because I, I don't imagine a lot of the rooftops on Second Avenue are you know, weight bearing yeah. rooftops code. And yeah, that stuff. exactly. That's why if you built the parking structure, which yeah. we desperately need, and then we, people don't want to pay a lot for parking anyways. So you can subsidize some of that parking by having something up top. I mean, Grand Rapids, the parking garages have like shops built into them yeah. and things like that. I mean, the, you, you think parking garage, you think, you know, giant gray concrete thing, but no, they make them, you know, nice now, like, you know, Matt was talking about. Um, but yeah, just, you know, the direction Alpine is going in, you know, slowly but surely we're, you know, we're, uh, you know, kind of uh, sort of integrating more and more culture, I guess you can say, into Alpina. And I love that. And I want to be a part of that. So I want to come back here. That's awesome. I, I think that's something that's kind of been a theme a little bit on a, on the pod, Jeff, especially Jeff Mendock. Yeah, he banged that drum harder than probably anyone else had. Um, his favorite thing was like, and then Justin Cooper as well. He mm-hmm. talked about being able to bring things outside of Alpena and yep. our comfortable bubble and bringing and exposing our town mm-hmm. to it. But at the same time, I think what's neat is, and I just said it, is that we're able to do things here now, and it resonates outside of Alpena. Yeah, and I think that's. I think that's the coolest. So um, what would you like to see? So you're young and fresh. What do you want? Like, what do you like, man, other than a rooftop bar? Yeah. Because I don't know in the end of the day if Alpina needs another bar, but. I think a seasonal, like a seasonal rooftop bar, obviously. Like summertime only kind of thing. Geppetto's was my other spot, right? Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. You have that little there. Yep. And you could like, people could come up and kayak. Yeah. And just come on up and you'd be down by the water and you could just have like this cool outdoor vibe and I know they have like a glass room but mm-hmm. like Eric did it took money yep. they could open it up and then it's just like that and then you know 
That, so that's the only other place I think that yeah. you can create some cool culture vibey thing. Yep. And you're right. It doesn't. I, I even said, you know how you're talking about just serving apps? Mm-hmm. I actually came the other way and said, you don't even have to do that. You could just have a deep fryer and just yeah. serve macaroni and cheese bites. And I think if you have, <laughs> but you know what I mean? If you have a really cool vibe and good drinks, yep. it does. You, the food, I know when I go to a bar, if I'm looking for a really good food, I'm not going to, you know, yeah, they don't yeah. have to be tied in and they, they can be separate. You're ordering something greasy to kind yeah. of help the process. Yeah. I mean, it's cool when there's a great food vibe, yep. with, like Austin Brothers, right? Yeah. They've really really done their menu, kind of really made it mm-hmm. different, and, that, and that's awesome. But at the same time, um, I appreciate a good bar pizza or some chili cheese fries. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. I just want the Austin Brothers to bring that to chicken and waffles. Ooh, I love chicken and waffles. Well, I had I, that one day. And I just... <laughs> so I think I can say this. So I sold Blake a car this week. I just say I delivered it to him. I can make the waffles happen for you. Those chicken and waffles were delicious. We're gonna see him Saturday, so we can talk about it. Yeah. Was it the waffles, and was it the chicken, or was it that it's spicy, or was waffles. it that spicy maple syrup? Because I'm gonna argue. I think the best part of that dish wasn't the chicken or the waffle. It was that maple syrup. The syrup was good, but just the combination. It's just that sweet and savory, like that oh, sweet and savory and, and salty. And yeah. oh, the man. chicken and waffles is money. I agree. My favorite place to eat in Grand Rapids is called the Greenwell. It's one of the best places, like rated too. They do uh, Amish chicken and waffles, so it's like a cornbread kind of waffle, and just the all oh, the chicken, all like naturally sourced. Oh my goodness, delicious! Yeah. <laughs> so no, but back to my point. Yeah, what would yeah. you like to see? You know, that's a good question. I mean, I like, you know. I would never be able to get into the restaurant business. That's way too far over my head. I'll leave that to the professionals. But, you know, I like sort of the bouncing between shops kind of thing, even if I'm not necessarily looking to buy something, just kind of experiencing it. Um, You know, like going from local basket case into marketplace into, you know, scoop sell stuff. I mean, I kind of like that. So I would love to see more um, like local shops popping up. And I know the rabbit hole, uh, Dylan, you know, getting that off the ground and um i love i love the local anything local mm-hmm. i'm all on board you know again going back to a couple of years ago everyone was like we need chains we need these big stores in the mall we need this chain restaurant like no we that's you know the local thing is what makes alpina unique no one no one travels to sit at a red lobster and eat yeah you know that what's going to bring them to alpina you know places like i keep hammering it home because it's delicious fresh palate as you wish, hungry hippie in the summer. Like those are going to draw people in because they're unique. So have you been to Fort Wayne? Uh, I've driven through it. Okay. Haven't stopped. When we've gone to Fort Wayne a couple times. And there's this area where it, it feels like it's a stockyard part where the train comes through. Mm-hmm. And there's an area where it's like a whole bunch of restaurants and they have a whole bunch of like tables where people can go to like, like a outdoor food court. Mm-hmm. Not sure. And you can come up there and order whatever food you want. And if you, I was walking around in Alpena the other night, and it would have been where the old Kreskis was, and I don't know, you guys are probably pre both of you. So we've been the other side of Save a Lot. They've gotten that whole area cleaned out now, and it's just open. And the first thing that came to mind was like, that's a perfect spot for Buffalo mm-hmm. Wild Wings. <laughs> because really, there's nothing in that parking lot in the evenings. Yeah. It's kind of just, you know, there's some businesses there, and they just kind of. And I was like, man, I can see a Buffalo Wild Wings. Because you see Buffalo Wild Wings in yep. shopping centers all the time. But then I was like, you know, they could do something like they do in Fort Worth, where they have a couple different restaurants, 
and you can go in there and they have a lot of barbecue, obviously. So of course I was like, wow, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but even if they could somehow figure out a way to open that up, because the one thing I would like to see is the Harbor somehow get utilized yeah. more. I just think that would be a, a cool. space has been open for so long now. Right? Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of problems with that. I think sometimes you have to, it costs money to renovate these places, especially when they're older. And then you have to figure out the right business to come in there. And, you know, it all comes down to money. And so you have to find the right place that's going to be able to pay whatever needs to be done. Franchise fees. And that's another yeah. thing, the franchise fees. I mean, not a lot of people can sort of just come up with that. Yeah. So, again, you know, starting something like <clears throat> I think that's that's my favorite thing is seeing these businesses grow. I'll go out of my way to support a local business over a chain. Brad wants to build a running store. Which I see that. He might – have created a, a crook at Harborside last week. <laughs> you never know. Tommy said he's too busy. So. Tommy says he's too busy, but I think you could. I don't think you'd have to twist Joe Jennifer's arm very no. hard. He's probably looking for something to do. Yeah, I think you guys could come up with it, and then I mean, I'll sell the shoes. Lord knows I've done that enough in my life. So, <laughs> anyways, um, Brad, what would you like? Besides a running store, a clothing store for men. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense. Those options are pretty limited in Okina for. Well, yeah, it's not just men. Why no? I, I mean, women too. Outside, because I watched Joseph with Allison. Outside of Maurice's and Penny's, you know, you're in the same place. So, yeah. and if you don't, Maurice's definitely has a. Well, it's a certain wheelhouse, and sometimes Allison just needs work clothes. You know, like nice professional here too. Yeah. Just like, just seems like any store in town is. There's a small men's section that. Now Stephens is closing up too. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. So, that's I will concede that. For clothing, I'll go to a chain store. Like I, I agree. Like that's tough for a local business to run a, a clothing store like a Penny's. And you almost have to. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I mean, you can't afford the brands yeah, and things like that. And the big box stores, and I don't yep. mean Walmart, but I mean yeah. Penny's and Kohl's, <clears throat> they're able to get it so much cheaper and buy it so much bulk that it almost makes it impossible because the same pair of slacks that would probably cost you if you built a store, $100, yeah. they're selling for 20 TJ Maxx, that's, that'd, be, that'd be ideal. Yeah. <clears throat> you like TJ Maxx? There's, every, <laughs> it just seems every store I've gone in, it's kind of a dump. TJ Maxx is my worst nightmare. Coming to Alpina, seriously, Allison would be so happy. Only <laughs> if you put a Chipotle on one side and a Starbucks <laughs> on the other, it'd be all over. Well, she doesn't need Starbucks, she Kevin Creek, but like, seriously, if she put a Chipotle and a TJ Maxx, I would seriously be, in, I'm getting stressed just thinking about it. Talking about local businesses, Cabin Creek is, that's, that's the peak for me. I've forgotten to mention them. I've kind of debated, have I spent more money on tuition or more money at Cabin Creek? Because I walk in, I don't need to order. Like, they know what I get. It doesn't change. It hasn't no. changed in years. I, I walk mean, in, I pay, I tip, I sit down, it's brought to me. Like, no. Like, they know. It's Preston. Where's his order? It's awesome. Yeah. What do you get? I get the uh, triple espresso blended peanut butter cup mocha. So three shots of espresso, the blended, so it's the real peanut butter. Um you can get Java chip, which is pretty neat, or you can just get the normal um, powder. Um, and then up north, Tom. 
up north Tom is that's my go-to sandwich and it's that it's been that order for two years nice i just get flavor of the day as long as it's not fruit that's what i get the red bull smoothie is pretty good oh dude i love that red bull <laughs> yeah. smoothie but i do not need that in my life because like my eye twitches sometimes when i <laughs> drink and then i'm sure since you've drank it you ever drink those no okay Dude, your third sip, you have the worst ice, the ice headache on oh, the planet. Yeah. It's just something about that. It's the worst than a Slurpee. It like just hits the back of your throat, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. It's just – but, yeah, especially in the summer, yep. if it's hot and it's not too late, I love those things. Yep. <clears throat> Anything else you could think of you like to see? Um, You know, I love – I keep going back to food just because that's my thing, but I yeah. love the food truck scene that's sort of emerging. You know, what the Hungry Hippie's doing with – uh, unlucky cat across the road, you know, Ben Darga, five bad hens. I mean, that's, I love seeing that. They're continuing to, I think they're understanding that that area yep. could become something. And yep. I know they're working on things yeah. and um, there's empty spaces and there's things. And I know they have goals, whether the money's there to mm-hmm. capitalize on that right this second, I don't know, but yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And I think it's cool because it's right down by the yep. beach, which helps. And cause I ran, uh, Greg was, I mean, pretty yeah. hands off with Lee's this year for the most part. So I ran sort of the day to day. So just, and just, you know, hearing the ideas and the wishes, that's, I mean, that's a place to watch down there. I, we were, I saw Lee's was for sale. So I yep. kind of priced out. Yep. And then I didn't realize that the building is a yep, It's a whole lot. It's a yep. whole lot. So then I was trying to figure out what you would need to clear and everything. And of course, it's overvalued. Like what they're like asking. Front, yeah. Yeah. What they're asking isn't realistic so i don't know if they if the owner would really go down to what is true market value yeah. for that area but man i tell you what what a neat idea yeah just because that whole every time i will play putt putt while people are putting you'll see me looking at that space of grass tree and that beach yep and i sit there and look at that all day long i remember mike wanted to make a batting cages for a while oh back in yeah. the day, and i'm so glad he didn't do that because you look at that piece of real estate and it just every time i look at it i'm like possibilities are endless the hard part is that that's where the city gets access to the beach to comb it or yeah. to brush it and things like that so that's kind of the hard part but yeah i know what you're talking about yeah, they still can maintain access yeah. <laughs> and let's say like i know matt say my friend he's trying to figure out a way to open like a area for bands mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you look at our music scene outside of the band show yeah um it's all restaurants that we're cramming musicians in mm-hmm. versus having something like that's a kind venue. of yeah. a venue that's set up for me. Every time I think of that place right there is if you could somehow, you know, it's definitely an idea. Yeah. Sort of like a, a mini band shell, like yeah. amphitheater style seating. Yeah. With the lake as a backdrop, that'd be awesome. Alpina's getting there. It is. And surely. there's people that have ideas and they're working on them. And what's really interesting is, is like people like you, I get excited when I know it's people like you and, um, other people that they can do anything they want, absolutely anything they want, and they're choosing to do it here, and that makes me really happy. So on that note, we're going to come back and do our top five. Do you want to tell people what our top five is this week? No, no, no. Okay. Can leave them hanging. All right, I like keep it. Them, yeah, keep them tuned in. Right. Now we're on to our top five and after some 
thought. It was the top five TV personalities. It was recommended by Steve and approved by Preston. <laughs> so I guess we'll get into it. And my number five is John Oliver. He's a comedian and the host of Last Week Tonight on HBO. The British guy? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. That's it. He makes me laugh. So. He's not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. I guess I don't like him, but again, I appreciate that you do. do so I, I feel like I don't like he tends to me sometimes it makes me feel like it's bad being American. And that's what I don't like about it. I think that's part of the that's just like the I think that's part of the act. Yeah. Or not like the act, but part of the the, the humor of it. Yeah. Because he makes fun of, you know, the British Empire, the sun is is finally setting on that. That's yeah. it's time it's done. Yeah. He's actually second on my list. Nice. I actually have Oliver second on my list. And it's one of those things where as sort of a journalist, you can appreciate the hard work that goes into making something that factual um, week in and week out. And yeah, it does serve, you know, one side. But if you can make people learn without necessarily them realizing they're learning and laughing while you're doing it, that's a talent. Well, I mean, that was the brilliance of the John Stewart show, right? Because that's where I think that's where he started, right? Yeah. Was, yeah. Was a correspondent. Yeah. And of course, his was, again, more lopsided. But that's not to say I just I think it, I would appreciate his show if he did have that accent because I do find it's humor <laughs> at times okay but I think it's just due to the fact that it feels like a British guy lecturing me about being American and it doesn't help that I tend to have different viewpoints of some of his points too so sometimes they get really upset by it yeah I could see that yeah yeah that's America do you have honorable mentions I have a couple so you better hit those off. All right. Well, there's Chuck Todd. Most to meet the press. Yeah. So I like Chuck Todd. Uh, he may make my list. But Tom Colicchio. Nice. Chefs of Top Chef. Phil Kagan, host of Amazing Race. I always like Phil. Dude, I, there's something about him saying, it's on my life, it's on my bucket list. To have Phil say, I don't care who it is, whether it's Stephen Allison, Stephen Brad, Stephen Preston, your team number one. I would just, I mean, I want that so bad in my life. But anyways. Uh, Arsenio Hall. I thought about him too. He didn't make my honorable mention, but he was up there. All right. That's about it. Um, my number, my honorable mentions. You're not going to like some of them. So Donald Trump's one of them. Because I do consider him a TV personality. He in fact, he's the ultimate TV personality because he somehow tricked everybody into making him president. Yeah. Um, Jerry Springer. <laughs> Classic. Like, really. I mean, when you think about it, he's amazing. And then um, I had a tie for Stuart Scott and SVP. So I couldn't make up my mind between the two of them because I do have an ESPN personality on here, and I already know you know who that is. So um, He's probably number one in my <laughs> He's probably number one, number one in our hearts. <laughs> so um, he probably is. Um, but yeah, so my number five um, is Johnny Bananas. So um, <laughs> that's just shit no, said. Nothing. So nothing. it's like um, what I think is interesting, he falls in line in that garbage bucket of Kardashians, where it's like they really don't have any talent and they're really famous for – I don't even know what they're famous for really doing. But for some reason, I find them super entertaining. Like I've been watching those stupid challenge shows for my whole life, or I feel like it. And half the reason I watch it is just because of him. I want to see if he's going to get away with it again. Is he going to dupe him again? 
and he's going to do it again. I mean, I've enjoyed the podcast he's done with Bill Simmons. And he now he has his own travel show, which is probably make Preston just angry as <laughs> shit. Because he goes, how does this idiot get my dream? This guy's going around and being in the new Anakin and Bernie, and now I'm... Yeah. Better go on MTV, Preston. Yeah, right. So. It is um, late at night, though. So. Right. All right, so honorable mentions for me. Um, so this is a new one for me. It's, uh, it's uh, a show on Netflix called Meat Eater, uh, hosted by Stephen Ronella. Um, so it's a hunting show, and he just has a uh, a unique way of portraying hunting and fishing that's not necessarily all about going out and shooting an animal that's in a pen. It's you know going out in the wild. It's the experience of it. It's the camaraderie of you know hunting with your dad or hunting with your friends and um, you know, it's not about the most points or the, the biggest weight. It's about sort of, you know, appreciating the animal, using everything on the animal, things like that. And I, I love that. Responsible hunting. Yep. Or sourcing. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a, yes. A big connection to, you know, realizing where this food on your plate came from. I think that's big. Yeah. And you're right. I've, I've dabbled <clears> in it. <throat> mm-hmm. but it was just like, and, you know, back and forth. And, um, I think there's something weird, and I don't know, maybe it's just because I know how to cut animals yeah. apart really well, but <laughs> there's something that you really appreciate when you do know, like, you kill the animal yep. and you're eating the animal, whether it's a fish, a deer, or, um, I don't know, duck. Yeah, hunting um, season next week, I'm looking forward to coming back, and, you know, we get a deer, you know, it's a backstrap feast that night, yeah. and that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, uh, Steve Harvey. I always laugh. I'm not a big like afternoon game show guy, but Steve Harvey makes me laugh on YouTube. <laughs> um, first one, this is predating you guys. And this is something that I learned to appreciate with my grandpa. It was a comedian uh, TV show host, uh, sort of peaked in the thirties and forties by the name of Red Skelton. Yeah. Um, love him. I just, you know, even as a kid, just watching with my grandpa, I think more seeing him enjoy something like that, you know, sort of him living his younger years. Loved it. Just the the skits and things like that. Um, that was great. That's how Ernie Harwell is for me. Yeah, I mean Ernie Harwell is great, but it's me remembering my grandpa mm-hmm. with the TV on, the TV turned down, and the radio yeah. on with the radio turned up, and like I don't understand what's going on here, Grandpa. Why are you doing <laughs> now? Just he's like, oh, I'm not listening to this garbage. Just super listening to it. So five for me is uh, Anderson Cooper. I think that's, you know, I, I love his, his takes on things and, you know, his reporting abroad. Um, and he has some awesome videos with Anthony Bourdain because Anderson Cooper has a very limited palate, which I never would have guessed. So there's YouTube videos with Anthony Bourdain making him eat squid and things like that, just putting him through pain. Um, I think he does a good job. Oh, I so relate <laughs> to that. There's something really entertaining about watching – when you know you have someone that's kind of yep. outside of their comfort zone yep. and watching them squirm, it's fantastic. And I that is Brad and I's relationship in a nutshell. Watching him squirm, it's my favorite thing. But no, Anderson Cooper has done a really neat job of reinventing himself mm-hmm. throughout the years. I, it's cool. Solid pick. Right. Number four for me is Conan O'Brien. <laughs> like his TV shows. The genuine attitude. <laughs> yes. I like the... Um, uh, the drive around videos he did with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart. Those, <laughs> those are that's sort of my my experience with Conan. But those are hilarious. Those are me falling over. I, him and Andy back in the day, you know, before he went to TBS, 
some pretty cool stuff there. There's something he did with Jim Gaffigan where he would make fun of them. It, they were like superheroes, but they were pale superheroes. Just, <laughs> he's I forgot huge. what it was called, but it was just absolutely. He's cool. huge too. He's like six four, six five. Yeah. Conan's Conan's a monster. Number four, ready? We're judging you coming up, Carson Daly. Oh, so, geez. like, hold on, you gotta think about this. I really want you to think about this. Twenty years of TRL. He was on TRL for twenty years. Then, and he was radio DJ before that. Then he did the last call, and then he did the voice. And he's now on the voice. So, like, well, I don't necessarily, like, watch it for Carson Daly, but what I do enjoy, my favorite part of the voice is when the person's performing and they show Carson Daly celebrating with the family. Like, when the family gets the chair <laughs> turned and Carson's, like, jumping up and down and hugging with them, and it's, like, my favorite part of the voice. So, And how can you not remember? I mean, like, TRL. Preston, you have to like TRL. I mean, is that an MTV thing? Yeah, yeah. All right, I can't remember that. Yeah, yeah. yep. It's like almost in your. Well, it's actually almost a little bit before your time, but it's like the NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, and all that yep. stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my number four. That's fine. I know you like Carson Daly. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right. Number four for me, uh, Stephen Colbert. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of the. Uh, is he on the late show? Yeah. I watched it early on when he first started. I like it, but, you know, Colbert Report um, was one of my favorite things. You, it's weird, right? So I didn't mind the Colbert Report, but I don't like his new show. And I don't know if it's because he's trying not to be politicky on it and his wheelhouse is Yeah, that. that's what people know. Yeah, So it's almost like he's not trying to be himself. And then, of course, he does things and he says things and he sneaks them in, but then he tries to get away from it and... I think the show would be better off to just own it and say, hey, you know what? We're just going to have her, we're just going to make it the Colbert. Yeah. Report. So he brought the Colbert character back for one show. And then MTV, um, or Comedy Central rather, stepped in and said, we own the character of Stephen Colbert. So they had to shut that down real quick. That's terrible. That's, yeah. It's like the NCAA. Yeah. <laughs> Can't make money off your own image. How dare you? That's something. That's a that's, podcast special. That's something. You know. That's the interesting. Thing. We have Maggie talking about sports of Preston, and like that's how I know Preston. Like, <laughs> but anyways, go with number three, Brad. Well, before number three, the Conan O'Brien Jim Gaffigan thing. It's called Pale, Pale Force. So <laughs> look it up. <laughs> anyway, our number three is my favorite game show host, Alex Trebek. He's sassy, he's Canadian, <laughs> but I still love him. Isn't he retiring? I, I thought he was. Not. I thought, or well, he got sick. Oh, that's right. So that's he right. took a break, and I don't know whether. And they talked about having someone stand in for mm-hmm. him, but he was like, "Nah, forget that noise." So they're just going to run reruns for three months. I think it starts in the top of the year, goes all the way through March. Huh. Not going to be interesting. Yeah, they, yeah, like brain surgery. It was like a dying tumor or something. Something serious like that. They thought he had brain cancer, but it's not cancerous. So yeah. Hmm. Well, good choice. Good right. choice. I did think of Trebek, just because. Trebek. Just because of that right there. I mean, come on. If you're getting parodied by SNL, <laughs> yeah. you automatically are into the running. So, um, number three for me is Bobby Play. I mean, he's really. I mean, he's a a chef, but he's also the TV personality. Yeah. So, and whether it's you know, Boy Meets Grill or. 
can you beat Bobby Flay or whatever the new line is now? I, I, I don't know. It's better than Guy Fieri. Yeah. I'm saying that. He's, I would have judged you pretty hard if you said just Guy Fieri. douchey enough. I think that's what he plays off well. He's, he's just douchey enough that you're kind of like, all right, you smug son of a Are you going to go down? But he's talented enough. You kind of just have to tip your hat to him like, all right, I get it. He's like CC Tabathy. I can't stand him, but at the same time, like, you're really good. So yeah. I'm just going to tip my hat to you. So I'm like, all right, number three for me, um, sort of sticking with the dual career people, is uh, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. He did the episode of Cosmos. Sort of a polarizing figure now, which I think um, when scientists become mainstream, uh, your credibility only lasts so long because at some point people are like, you're not doing actual science anymore and things like that. But uh, one of the greatest... Um, you know, Carl Sagan's probably more your guys' time, but one of the greatest uh, science communicators that I've ever seen. So that's my number three. I like him. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. We haven't talked about space. I haven't made fun of yeah. space at all with Preston yet. <laughs> so many things. I mean, we haven't talked about how we didn't land on the moon. Oh, it's the next episode. We haven't talked about you about getting a woman yet. We'll come back. We'll do a part two. We haven't talked about that in a long time. Well, we... Did talk about it with the mayor. It was brought up. <laughs> yeah, it was brought up, and then um, we didn't talk about it with Stephanie. Although maybe that boat rowing. But thing. even before, yeah, the mayor. Didn't go. Well, it's because I tell you what it is. I just try to figure out how to talk to that girl. I know the right girl. I really think she's the right girl. I just don't know how to work that angle yet. So I'm totally in the anti-relationship boat. Like that's not a thing for me. I can't do relationship. I'm getting married. I wouldn't be able. I would never be able to do anything like that. Interesting. Yeah, we just learned something about Preston. Yeah, I like it. Now, why do you say that? I'm just too. I'm too. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, sporadic's not the right word, but I'm too sort of un, not necessarily unpredictable. But like traveling, it's just sort of a oh, I want to go here, and then you're kind of working yeah. around someone else's schedule. Maybe that's selfish of me to say, but that's I like the. Um, being spontaneous in that so, sense. Let me ask you this. Do you want to have kids? Oh, God, no. Okay. No. Interesting. No. You know, I find a lot of people in your age group and older, it seems like kids, people, it's not as important. Yeah. I find it really uh, fascinating. That's um, another thing of just not wanting to be, like, tied down. I think that sort of, I think that sort of scares me, yeah. is being sedentary. Yeah. I got to keep moving. I understand that. I can respect it. It's cool. That's why I'm teaching high school, not elementary school. I'm not a, I can't, little kids are scary. All right, you little shit. <laughs> Stay here while mama drives the store. All right. Number two, to duo. One of them was on my honorable mentions, but then it was like, they just work well together. And it's Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ernie Johnson definitely <laughs> can. He has space. Yeah. He's, he's allowed to be up there. So just, they're just good together. I, I did think about Hubie Brown because I don't know, there's just something about Hubie Brown. I think it was when Bill Simmons talked about it in his book of basketball and how just the way he likes to talk and this cadence when he breaks down plays, it's just kind of funny. So. I'll go out of my way to watch basketball on TNT just for Ernie, Shaq, Charles. Yeah, like if you're there's only a minute left in the game, you actually will yeah. watch it versus yep. like there's 
the start of the second half. You're like, eh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you there. Ooh, um, number two, three, two? Two. Yeah, number two, um, Craig Hilborn. Is that your number one? No. Okay. So, all right, Craig Hilborn. He was on the – do you know who Craig Hilborn? No. All right, so he was an ESPN sports anchor from 1993 to 2010. Um, then he did his own – um, actually, no, it wasn't until 2010. No. He then went over to CBS and he mm-hmm. had his own little sh- late night show. He did um, the Daily Show first. Yeah, and he was amazing. Huh. Um, he had this very he was a douche, you know, kind of too. Yeah. Um, but he had his he kind of started Sports Center slings, like you know, Stuart's got as cool as the other side. Yeah. Of Craig Hilborn kind of started that whole thing. Like he would come with all these crazy. He's not my Vetus. He's not your Vetus. And um, Goodwood South Bank Major League Crank. That was one. Um, Kenny Loft went shopping at the Gap. You know all these little crazy catchphrases he had, and he was like usually on the eleven o'clock show. Yeah. And um, back then, Sports Center who was around the eleven o'clock show. It wasn't a morning show. They would just yeah, re- I remember those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would just replay the same thing over and over again in the morning. So, yeah. And then, of course, the ultimate thing of Craig Kilborn, which was one of Brian and I's favorite thing. I want the year uh, 2011. They came in old school, so it's like it was before 2011. But that's just what I pulled. I was in college when that came out. Yeah, it's, it's true. That does seem old. But yeah, so or maybe 2011 was his last time. He's been really out there, and he's been in the Bill Simmons pod a couple times. Um, but yeah, so Craig Hillborn. Yeah, it's a good one. My number two is John Oliver. We sort of touched on him already, so I'll send it back over to Brad for his number one. Number one, it's Jalen Rose. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know where to unpack that. Um, well, he's definitely a TV personality now, but I mean, you could say he's an athlete first. Yeah, Dylan is pretty good. Anything you want to add? No, you just love him. <laughs> Got to bring the Fab Five into this somehow. He's working with uh, Rachel Nichols now, right? On the Jump, I think her show is called. Is it Jalen on that? Jalen's everywhere. Yeah. I'm happy he's still part of Get Up. Barely hanging on. I think Get Up, I mean, Beagle's gone now. And I think they're just going to change Get Up to an AM Sports Center Mm -hmm. show with just Greenberg. Yeah. Which is good because I came home for lunch the other day and – What's the girl with the short hair? Kate Fagan on ESPN. She runs the noon show, and it was spectacular. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy cow, Like that is a good idea. And of course, you have SVP at night. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, if you put Green in the morning, Kate in the afternoon, and the SVP at night, I think that was just three solid shows. And then you could just sprinkle whoever else you want in there. But I was really, yeah. My number one's Oprah Winfrey. Really? I know it's hard. It's, I mean, but really, when you think of like what she's done, she's taken a lot of things. Like Ellen does her give things that give away, but we all know Oprah did it first. Yes, yep. you know, and the talk show, and they actually one of my favorite things I pull, which I mean, I'm not super. This isn't the reason I like Oprah, but they said that um, according to Yale, 
In 2011, she broke the LGBT barrier. They credit her really? and her show for doing that. So, like, <clears throat> well, sometimes she gets a little crazy with some of her, um, I'll use propaganda toward promoting an opponent. Or, you know, I think celebrities backing politicians kind of roll my eyes at, so whatever. But, I mean, hey, she's cool. Then she opened her own, started her own network. She's yeah. got tired of doing her own shows. She's like, I'm Doesn't she have her, she has her own, like, internet browser, too. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> she's got a magazine. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, club she just took it to a whole new level, so, yeah. And there's something about staying steady to this day that just makes me kind of smile. Like, <laughs> so... Chappelle show <laughs> Oh, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, that was another. That's the non-role mention for me. Dave yeah. Chappelle. Um, my number one hit on it a lot throughout the show is Anthony Bourdain. Um, I credit him with sort of you know really getting me interested in not just traveling, but in my mind truly traveling, and that's you know avoiding resorts the best I can, eating with locals, you know, hanging out with locals. Um, you know, seeing how they cook their food, things like that. I think, you know, um, you know, when you travel, you know, talking to locals is amazing, but eating their food is just next level. And I think um, he did a lot of good. And I'm not a big, you know, celebrity worshiper, but uh, news of his death, that hit me harder than any sort of celebrity death. I knew that. <laughs> like, I know that really upset you. And um, I think it's interesting. His death upset me. Because it seemed like he kind of had, I don't want to say a perfect life, mm -hmm. but he kind of seemed like his gig was pretty solid. And it's interesting to see some, you know, like Kate Spade who followed Charlie after mm -hmm. he's going through a divorce and all this other stuff. So that kind of, at least it seemed like she had a reason. Whereas like someone, obviously he suffered in silence, I guess. And it's really, we could have a mental health episode here. You know? I think one of the things that, caught people off guard was how open he was about his past and the troubles. And, you know, obviously a, was a, a major drug addict at one point and sort of, you know, reforming himself. I think um, they sort of assumed that because he talked about previous problems, you know, it was all out in the air, but um, yeah, I mean, just, and you know, his whole sort of outlook on the world, you know, you see, um, you know, you see suffering, you see poverty when you travel. So, you know, I'm specifically thinking, you know, Africa, Mexico, but, you know, at the end of the day, you see people doing the best they can with what they got. And the overwhelming um, result of my traveling or the overwhelming conclusion is that we're not different than people in Mexico or people in Africa. Yes. You know, we all want what's best for us. We all want what's best for our family. Um, I think, you know, the material things are the biggest difference, but, you know, we're, you know, we're not that different. Yeah. I mean, this, we won't get too heavily into it, but this caravan that's headed here, in the end of the day, it's just people trying to do what they're trying to make. These people are trying to just do what's best for them in the, in the end of the day, you know, and it's just kind of crazy to me to just to think like, um, I have a really poor perception of America and the rest of the world because I haven't had the privilege of traveling in a world like you have but I know that we're blessed I know that 100% mm -hmm. you don't get people walking 14 hours a day through whatever they're doing for as far as they're doing to, to try to get here without it not being something so yeah 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 that's 
Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, even just kind of thinking about, you know, the last episode airs this upcoming Sunday night. And um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to think of, you know, just how far, I don't know how, I don't know where I would be if I hadn't sort of traveled abroad. You know, traveling in the States is one thing, you meet amazing people, but to get that, that bigger global outlook yeah. and realizing that, you know, people are working through some serious stuff, but they're still smiling. You know, the people in Africa to this day, I think are the most, you know, hardworking, most polite, most beautiful people I've ever met. You know, I'm there, um, you know, and this is a whole nother thing about, you know, traveling abroad and helping and volunteering. It's not necessarily that I'm doing it because I can do it and they can't. It's just showing them, um, you know, what to do with what they have. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that's just, that's awesome. And being able to experience that. I had a conversation with a friend this week and he talked about, he's doing some things with some of the local food pantries in the area. He visited one and he was absolutely just shook. You kids would say, whoa, (laughs) um, the amount of people that were there. He could not believe how many people were just there for food. And he goes, it's amazing just in our area. And he goes, you you tend to not even understand how poor, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, some of our areas are just unfortunate in the circumstances that they have. And, you know, whether it's outside the United States or even our own community, I think it's sometimes it's, it's tough to sometimes look past yourself. You know, we're mm-hmm. spoiled. We're lucky to be able to sit here and rent a nice house and, be able to talk about things I mean, really so well thanks for coming back Preston yeah it was awesome we got a bunch more stuff to talk about oh my we'll have God. to do another we, to do part two have to because we didn't even talk about sports I didn't even get to talk <laughs> about science I wanted to argue about with you about climate change because like I mean I mean I believe in climate change down but I like to just poke it because um I think you can, you know, I think, <laughs> I think there's some things that, you know, you're able to like say, well, this doesn't necessarily add up. And then I like that. And then I love that you're very passionate about it. <laughs> so people that are that passionate about it, like kind of just saying, Oh yeah, well, prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and you do such, and you do it in a way where you're never belittling. And that's why I enjoy talking with you because you're never like, well, no, you dummy. And uh, I just, earlier today I had a conversation about some people about, just the way things are working mm-hmm. right now this past week. And um, somebody's like, man, you two are actually having a conversation versus just like, what is that? Yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, you know, it's we're. I think the biggest problem we've done is somehow we've even become further. We keep getting further and further apart and it's just really making problems. Like just, yeah. So what are you doing this weekend? The rest of this weekend? Well, you're not putting this out till next week, right? I don't know. What do you want to do? Let's talk. Let's decide right now. I can put it out tomorrow. But then we don't have a pot on Monday. Let's wait till next week. All right. Then what are, so what are you doing next weekend? Next weekend on Friday, there's a sweat for a cause to benefit Sunrise Side Streakers, which the money will go to the Boys and Girls Club. That's down at eight, uh, Bay Urban at 530. Workouts being led by Sarah Morrison, and I guess it's a running themed. <laughs> cool. so it's, it's benefiting our running club. Are you going to wear a costume? No, I wore my workout clothes. But... 
What would it take for you to go in costume? <laughs> if I come, would you dress up? No. Because <laughs> I don't think we're in that clock. Benefit my workout. All right. And then Saturday, me and you are going to the Michigan games. We're going to freeze our ass off, probably. No, we're not. Oh, that's right. We got the club seating. We got the club seating. So, yes, going to Michigan, which I'm super thankful for. Your mom won tickets at the Alferis. For some reason, gave them to me instead of Skeeter. So, (laughs) I'm happy with it. The guy that you have one person that lives in Alpino and one person that lives in Ann Arbor. (laughs) She gave it to the person that lives in Alpino. Also, be your favorite. So, uh, next weekend, what are you doing, Preston? I'll be hunting. Nice. Yep. I'll be here in Alpino hunting. Uh, I'll be Maple Ridge Yep. Yep. So, Um, as you have heard, I'm going with Brett down to Michigan, then we're picking up my nephew, bringing him back, and then he's going to go hunting. And I don't. I might even go hunting Sunday uh, with Allison's dad. I haven't decided yet. So I got my rifle sighted, and which sounds very like sort of Michigan. (laughs) You're a fish. Yeah, old fish owl. Yeah. So this weather, that'd be fun. Yeah. If you look at the weather right now, it is. We got about a half inch just on the ground. Flakes do look kind of big. So thank you for coming on, Preston. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Seriously, it's awesome. Uh, season two, which is coming up, we'll have to have you back on, and you know, Lord knows we can talk about whatever. Maybe oh, something yeah. significant will happen where we know something's coming up where that'll. Yeah, like we can do entire sports episodes and science episodes, and yeah, it's playing the well. Yes, it's like a lot there. Yeah. So and it feels weird. I feel like very much like I did with Casey. Where I get it done with this pod, and I feel like, man, we have so much more to talk about. <laughs> so, um, but thanks for coming by. We'll wrap it up, and then we'll start to talk to you guys next awesome. next week. Awesome. See ya.